Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. They hated it. They hated every single thing about it. And to make it worse, while they were busy hating it, they started to turn that anger towards me, and I thought they started to hate me. <laughs> I was 24 years old, and I had just started my first full-time job with the San Francisco Bay Girl Scout Council. I had brought 15 pregnant teens from San Francisco's inner city district out to our most beautiful Girl Scout camp in Marin County. My goal was for a weekend to ease the daily burdens of this population for just a short respite, to care for and to care about them in their otherwise very challenging world. Some of them were pregnant for the first time. Some of them already had children. Many were living with grandparents who were raising them while also helping to raise this next generation. All of them, every single one of them, faced particular challenges. Challenges of insufficient prenatal care, a lack of financial, emotional, and educational resources. They all, all of them were young, unwed BIPOC women navigating the racism and judgment of the world around them. In short, their lives were a collection of realities I would never know firsthand, but one that I saw and wanted to address if only in the form of a temporary sanctuary for 48 hours. So with all good, albeit naive intentions, I had worked hard organizing and planning and staffing and anticipating with great joy what I was sure to be a life-changing event for these brave young women. But here we were, coming to the end of our first evening together, and they were not having it. Here's what I remember. We were in the cafeteria following our evening programming, and when it was time to go out to the cabins for bed, Something happened I could never have anticipated. It was like a collective switch went off inside of them, and they just weren't going anywhere. And really, all of a sudden, they got very mad. Finally, one of my wiser and older staff members came to me and told me what she thought was going on. Moments later, as a young, very white, very well-meaning, but very clueless do-gooder, I started to get it. They were afraid. They were afraid of the dark. You see, by, the time, by that time, it was completely dark outside, and these very young women had never seen dark outside of the city. They had been raised their entire lives in the context within a city, 
and as such, none of them had ever become familiar with what it was like to be in the dark. None of them had ever seen a black sky full of stars, and it made them scared. And when we are scared, we often mask our fear and get mad. They said things like, how do you expect us to walk out there when we can't see anything? Don't you have street lights that you can turn on? And why are we here in the middle of nowhere with the dark outside? Eventually we sat down and talked, or rather I should say my staff and I listened, and we began to work through it together. They were able to express their fears and then eventually speak their vulnerable and beautiful truth in a way that we could begin to hear and understand. And while everything wasn't perfectly resolved that night, we did literally and figuratively start to find our way through the dark together. 35 years have now passed since that night, so I'm not sure of exactly what details I am remembering perfectly accurately, but I have found myself remembering that experience many times over the years and often at this time of year. You see, today is the beginning of the season the church calls Advent, the time we mark not only as both the beginning of the church year and the four Sundays leading up to the Feast of the Nativity that we also call Christmas, but also a particular season when we seem to talk a lot about darkness. And I dare say that on this topic, I think the church as a whole is not unlike my pregnant teens and their response that night. It seems that the church, too, is mostly afraid of the dark and either unwilling or unable to befriend the dark. In her wonderful book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, addressing this very topic, Episcopal priest Barbara Brown Taylor speaks directly into this when she writes, I wish I could turn to the church for help about darkness, but so many congregations are literally preoccupied with keeping the lights on right now that the last thing they seem to want to talk about is how to befriend the dark. Plus, Christianity has never had anything nice to say about darkness. From earliest times, Christians have used darkness as a synonym for sin, ignorance, spiritual blindness, and death. Visit almost any church and you can still hear it used that way today. Here is an example. Deliver us, O Lord, from the powers of darkness. Shine into our hearts the brightness of your Holy Spirit and protect us from all perils and dangers of the night. My friends, we at Trinity often find words to that effect in our own prayers as well. So I am not pointing fingers at others. But I am wanting us to face into this tradition we have inherited, and I am wondering if it's time for us to rethink some of those long-held assumptions. Is it time for us, too, to befriend the dark? So as we begin the season of Advent this year, I want to invite us to begin here, learning what we can about walking into the dark. The darkness is a fertile and generative place, 
Things can be terrifying in the dark, but dark, but things can also be born out of the dark. I wholeheartedly agree that as a culture, we have so demonized the dark with negative connotations that we fear being in the dark, either literally or spiritually, and therefore often miss the lessons and insights it can offer. Without encouragement to do otherwise, I think we stay away from the places in the world and in our interior lives, I know that I do, that can show us the shadows, the darker places where life has died or changed or withdrawn. It is not a place we want to stay very long, but if we refuse to even visit, we will never fully appreciate the light and the new life of radical transformation. I believe we are invited this season to explore the sacredness of the darkness and the gifts that will be forever buried in this place where the light has no place. I'm also very aware that some of us may hear this invitation to embrace elements of the dark as a difficult invitation, especially when some of us are feeling alone or depressed or isolated or scared. For those struggling with addiction and or issues of mental or physical health or loss, particularly during a season of unreasonable expectations, this may not be a welcome invitation. Each of us must navigate where we find our strength and our peace. And yet and still, I pray this invitation to embrace something of the darkness of this season can be heard as a gift today in a way that brings new life and meaning. At the very end of Brown's book, she helps frame this invitation by asking us a series of questions to guide us in the days to come. Here are some of those questions she offers. She first says that I have, she has not written this book as a how-to book, but if it were, here are the instructions she would offer for those of us that may be willing to be curious about our own darkness. What can we learn about our fear of standing and staying in the moment when the darkness surrounds us? Where can we feel the fear that might rise up in us as we feel the darkness in our bodies? When have we felt that way before? What are we afraid is going to happen to us and what is our mind telling us to do about it? What stories do our, we tell ourselves that keeps us fearfully locked away from moving into the darkness in our own lives? And what have we learned in the dark that we could never have learned in the light? My beloved friends, as we begin this journey through the season of Advent this year, may this be a time of blessing as we slowly start to regather in a number of ways in our lives, in our hearts, as we prepare for the coming of Christ. And in these days ahead, may we find the courage to reimagine the dark and what it has meant to us in the past and how it might mean something different in our futures. I'm aware that you, just like my pregnant teens, may hate it <laughs> and may even be mad at me for suggesting this. But here's the thing. 
in four short weeks, we will meet another pregnant teen with insufficient prenatal care, a lack of financial, emotional, and educational resources, a young, unwed, BIPOC woman navigating the racism and judgment of the world around her. And yet and still, she will offer us a gift, a gift in a small, out-of-the-way stable in the middle of the darkest of nights that will change our lives forever. So in this very short and very dark season, may we slow down long enough to let our eyes adjust to the darkness and the work that may be ahead of us. May we acknowledge any fear that bubbles up inside and then find the courage to turn inward, trusting in the process that will guide our steps to that most holy of nights when we will meet the Christ child in the darkest of nights. Traveling mercies, dear ones, may it be so.